Greetings and welcome to Be Your Own Healer. I'm Jeanette Murray and today I'm going to talk about something I think we've all confronted at one time or another. It's called getting out of your own way. There's so much to say about this topic. So I'm going to focus mainly on how we block ourselves from having love, joy, fulfillment, self-appreciation, and the fullness of a life well-lived. I'll touch on how to recognize fixed patterns of belief and negative thought patterns that hold us back and deny us what we rightly deserve and should have, except that our thinking and our behaviors prevent us from taking the steps we need to take and getting ourselves on the right track emotionally, mentally, and physically. Hopefully this will help you recognize and change some thoughts and behavioral patterns that are your stumbling blocks and open you up to some new and fulfilling experiences. Have you ever thought that maybe at some time in your life you created some of your problems just because of the way you were thinking? I know I can raise my hand on this one. I started out early in life as a small child, getting in my own way by my shyness and introversion. Crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't open my mouth in public. I couldn't order food in a restaurant. I never spoke up in class. And basically, I didn't have a voice. I felt so shy and afraid, and I had no idea why or what I was afraid of. But this pattern became rooted in my personality and was even reinforced at home. Living in a family of eight kids, if you were quiet, that was okay. It was a good thing. My shyness continued throughout school and into college. And it was only after I got out into the work world that it began to change. Fortunately, over time and with a lot of work and a lot of shifting of beliefs about myself, I overcame it. And good thing, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this podcast for you. So how do we go about getting in our own way? It's the limiting ways you think about yourself or your place in the world. It's your attitude toward other people, your way of interacting, behaving, working toward your goals, solving problems, seeking love and affection. It's your very own self-image and your acceptance of yourself or non-acceptance. It's your beliefs about yourself and about the world, including the people in your sphere that shape what you do and say and think about. Now I'm not about to downplay or discount the effects of childhood events, especially childhood abuse, neglect, or trauma, not at all. These things do shape who we are and how we perceive the world and our place in it. And they become the emotional drawbacks that keep us from having what we want or believing that we deserve what we want and can get it. If early life traumatic experiences are the cause of trapped emotions or negative limiting beliefs, it's vital that you get help, some type of therapy or energy healing, or work with someone, do anything and everything you can to resolve these issues and remove the emotional blocks. 
I once worked with a woman who had experienced sexual abuse as a child. Even though she was a successful, accomplished, and well-educated adult who had a prosperous business, when it came to relationships, her life was a train wreck. She always managed to attract yucky partners, men who used and abused her, narcissists who couldn't return her love and affection, and needy guys who clung to her like a life raft. By the time she came to see me, she had pretty much given up all hope of ever finding the life partner she so desired. In time, she was able to discover the patterns that she kept repeating. She was attracted to the wrong types for various reasons. She didn't feel worthy of love or being treated with respect. She didn't believe she was attractive, even though she was. And she had very low self-esteem and an even lower opinion of men. The only way she could feel safe and in control in a relationship was if the man was deficient in some way and less than her equal. Imagine her amazement to discover that she was getting in her own way of finding love and happiness because of these deep-rooted and entrenched beliefs. She was able to see that in all her relationships, she gravitated toward the wrong type, men who would disappoint her, let her down, take advantage of her, abuse her verbally and even physically. When she was able to break the pattern and establish healthier relationships, she eventually found a suitable partner she could stick with. Getting in your own way is not about blaming yourself, but seeing and acknowledging the beliefs and behavior patterns that stand in your way. I understand and appreciate that there are circumstances in life that cause these patterns to develop, but patterns can be altered and reconstructed or thrown out completely once a person realizes they're not helpful and only hindering one's progress. In the course of my work with a successful man in his 40s who had a pattern of infidelity that brought him a host of bad experiences, including divorce, alienation from his children and family, the disapproval of friends and relatives, and generally a lot of misery, he came to realize that he needed help. As much as he tried, he could not break the pattern and always found himself on the receiving end of people's disgust and disapproval. In the course of therapy, he learned that infidelity, in fact, ran in his family along the male line. And he grew up hearing stories told by his father and grandfather and uncles about their escapades and dalliances with women. Stories which were always told with great gusto and lots of laughter and enthusiasm. And he loved these men. They were his role models and he wanted to be like them. In fact, he wanted to outdo them. So I assigned him homework to learn about the other side of these men's behaviors, their affairs. And he came to learn that they cause not only themselves, but a lot of other people, a heap load of misery and heartache. With effort, he was able to change his pattern and seek reparation for the pain and damage he caused. 
and eventually he won back his self-esteem and the respect of his loved ones. We all grow up with certain thought and behavioral patterns that derive from where we live, go to school, participate in church or faith communities, who we hang out with, and who are the role models and major influences in our life. I remember around fifth grade, I wanted to be friends with a girl from school named Judy who rode on my school bus. I was fascinated by her because she was so different from me. She was bold and tough, smart-mouthed and streetwise and very sassy. I love that. And she probably would have become a role model for me had my mother not intervened. It was a good thing too, because Judy ended up in a lot of trouble in high school and later spent time in prison. It's important to recognize those moments when we're standing in our own way by the choices we make and the people we choose to hang out with or live with. It's also important to understand the beliefs we have about ourselves. I had a friend who worked very hard on herself. She availed herself of every healing modality and therapy she could find. She read all the self-help books she could get her hands on. She practiced manifestation and visualization of what she wanted in life. As much as she worked at getting what she desired, she could not find the partner she wanted. It just wasn't happening. Every man she dated, she ended up rejecting. She picked him apart and found fault with just about everything. He just simply wasn't Mr. Right. And personally, I don't think she even knew what Mr. Right was supposed to be like. Over time, she began to recognize the pattern in her thinking and where her attitude toward men came from. Her mother had been forever putting her father down nagging, criticizing, and belittling him to the point that she developed the same identical pattern with all the men who came into her life. When she could clearly see her pattern, and it took time, she was able to change it, to look for qualities instead of deficits, to give compliments instead of jabs and criticism, to appreciate qualities instead of seeking out faults, like a heat-seeking missile. She eventually made friends with a man who agreed to help her work on her goal of changing this pattern. In time, they began dating, and over a span of years, they decided to marry. She got out of her own way and changed her beliefs and patterns of behavior, bringing her the partnership she truly wanted in life. We so often don't see our patterns, and that's why it's important to work with a professionally trained counselor or therapist. It may be helpful to consult other professionals and practitioners too, such as intuitive counselors, shamans, healing workers, and pastoral counselors. But the work of changing your patterns of thought, your beliefs, and your behaviors has to be done. A woman came to see me once because she had had several people tell her she would meet a man in her 30s who would become her life partner, her soulmate, but it didn't happen. <laughs> she passed into her 40s and still no partner. When I met her, it struck me that 
as lovely a face and figure as she had, she dressed like a lumberjack, wore baggy shirts and pants, no makeup, kept her hair pulled back tightly in a ponytail, and generally, generally appeared to have no interest at all in enhancing her looks. When I suggested that she might consider upping her game and beefing her wardrobe up, and perhaps using a little makeup, lipstick, whatever, in other words, jack up her feminine allure, she protested. She wanted to be loved for herself, for her authentic self. It took some work to convince her that this kind of attitude or belief simply doesn't work, at least most of the time. And I told her why. It's a known fact that men are visually stimulated and that attraction has a great deal to do with physical attractive, attractiveness, sexiness, personality, and so on. Authenticity, not so much. So she began working on herself, got a new hairstyle, began wearing a little makeup, got some more feminine clothes, even dared to use a little perfume, and voila, she met the man of her dreams. Now, some may think this was selling out to a media-promoted ideal of beauty, and I get that. But seriously, folks, that's the stuff that works. We're human beings, and we have certain instinctive patterns that govern our behavior. Sometimes it pays off to up our game a little, Sometimes we get a little carried away with the idea of being loved just as we are. Listen, guys, I have some important news to tell you. We're not babies. Babies are the only members of society who are loved for being just the way they are. So cute and cuddly and huggable. Adults have to do a whole lot more to get attention and to win love. In my work as a counselor, I'd often meet with male students who came in upset because they couldn't get the girl of their dreams, or any girl at all. In fact, one man who saw me was rather overweight and pimply. He lacked good hygiene and wasn't the best dresser. In the course of our session, he told me he wanted a girlfriend, but he had high standards and he was holding out for a 10. I had to stifle a grin, because obviously he just didn't know. So I asked him, what number would you rate yourself as? And then, what number would the girls you're interested in give you? And just as you guessed it, his answers were in the two to three zone. How did he expect to attract attention when he wasn't even close to being a 10 himself. Then I asked him, what things might a guy like you have to do to become a 10? And his answer was, I'd have to lose weight, clear up my acne, get buff, get a hot car, buy some better clothes, and not be shy or afraid of girls. And he was right. It's not enough to say you want your perfect, loving life partner. 
you have to cut to the chase, charge ahead like the racehorse on the last stretch of the race and burst to the finish line, giving it everything you got. If you don't, then you'll have a lot of a lot of evenings reflecting on your shortcomings, sitting in front of your screens and feeling lonely. Just for fun, I Googled what attracts men to women and vice versa and got way more than I expected, but none of it was a surprise. I'm including just a snapshot version. Aside from hormones and chemistry and lust, people, and this includes male to male and female to female relationships. The most important factors that attract people to people are humor, honesty, friendliness, showing interest in the other person, being able to listen and not monopolize the conversation, and being caring. Other factors play a role too, including ambition and self-love or self-esteem and self-confidence. The days of someone walking over to the shrinking violet who's batting her eyelashes vigorously are over. If you ladies think a knight in shining armor, or you men too, is coming to carry you home, you might better call Uber. But it's not only in relationships where we stand in our own way. It happens in all areas of life, in school, church, clubs, sports, and so on. We are conditioned to believe negative things about ourselves, like we're bad, we're sinners, we can't have what we want, and to want what we want is to be selfish. We have to be nice, so forget about set setting boundaries. If we fail, it isn't worth trying again. If we're hurt or rejected once, it will happen again. And you get the idea. If there's one thing that sets winners apart from losers, although no one is truly a loser, the one thing is having a vision, a vision. And I don't mean an apparition. A vision is an overriding desire to achieve something, whether it be advancing one's own goals or those of others or the world in general. Having a vision enables you to bounce back from failure or disappointment, brush yourself off, and carry on until you succeed. Think of Thomas Edison, who said he didn't fail 100 times to invent a working light bulb. He just discovered 100 ways that didn't work. He didn't get in his own way with negative thinking or getting frustrated or discouraged and giving up. Lastly, we need to talk about fear. Fear limits us. It paralyzes us. It makes us reluctant to try new things. It stops us from pushing the envelope and taking risks. It keeps us from pursuing our dreams. Fear is a shape-shifting monster that appears in various forms. We may fear failure or rejection 
or we may even fear success because it might put expectations on us. Fear and its cousin, worry, are useless emotions most of the time and only waste our time and hold us back. You have to be willing to stick your neck out and take risks, even if you don't succeed, even if you are rejected. Perfectionism is just another form of fear in disguise because it requires that we do the impossible. And because it is impossible, we cannot succeed, and therefore we hold back, or we procrastinate, or we just give up completely. I'm not saying we shouldn't try to do our best, but we must do it in the spirit of learning from our mistakes, continually prodding ourselves to take action, and strutting our stuff. Don't allow the fear of failure that accompanies perfectionism to be the obstacle that gets in your way. So now I'd like to wrap this up with a bit of wisdom from Michael Jordan. It goes like this. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Don't you love that? I truly hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I hope you'll experience all the rewards and pleasures, the joys and successes that are coming to you when you get out of your own way. Take care and please come back and listen to my other podcasts. And if you would be so kind, please leave a comment. I hope to talk to you soon. Goodbye.